Hello and welcome to another episode of The Legal Breakdown. I hope you will enjoy today's episode and look forward to going through a number of things with you. Today we are going to talk about business mergers and knowing your due diligence when merging. I'm going to talk about specifically small businesses but it can be scaled up. So what do you need to do? When you're looking at merging a business, first you need to select the company you want to do, obviously in the same sector or different sectors, and that could include vertical or horizontal integration, depending if you want to integrate with your supply chain or integrate with a competitor to increase your market share or increase your area of coverage, specifically, let's say with solicitors, maybe increasing your local presence. From there, you appoint your qualified accountants and your solicitors. I would recommend going with accountants that are tax specialists and solicitors that have due diligence processes, maybe from a practical experience merging law firms or even a practical experience of dealing with multiple mergers or acquisitions in the past. Conduct your due diligence on the other company. Finalise any valuations of the company. This could include how you're going to buy the company, either an upright fee of, let's say, £100,000 or you're going to buy a director out over a period of time, profit shares. There is a number of ways that this can be done. I would suggest also having a professional who can value the business instead of relying on your own valuation, unless you're fully confident. My way of normally doing it is three times net profit or one and a half times net profit if it's a professional industry, specifically estate agencies. Arrange any necessary finance for the deal. This could be through the bank or buying the current director out, they may finance it personally because it might be a tax benefit to them because entrepreneurial relief has now been gone from 10 million to 1 million. They may also want a pension over a longer period of time rather than having a lump sum, so it may be to their benefit. Finalise the deal, communicate the changes to the staff. This will follow the 2P rules and that is important that however that is done, it may need to be the previous owners of the company to do that. This may also be an issue if the previous owners are a sole trader and you're trying to convert it into a limited company and then buy the shares from the director. They may need to do all that transfer before you take it on. So make sure that due diligence is done correctly. What I would suggest in that case, it may be worth you bringing in your own professionals to do it for the owners. So if you and when you do take it over from the limited company, you know that point is taken over as you may be indemnifying them against taxes, employee claims, etc. Create an integration plan for the combination of the two businesses. This is where many fall down. There has been massive cases recently. I think it was Hilton Hotel Group buying out Marriott. I may be wrong, but it was the two the two corporate giants buying each other out. And there was an issue with IT and the due diligence wasn't carried out properly. And it was found that the IT systems had been breached previous to the merger acquisition but then it had to come out to all the clientele that the data had been breached and obviously the company purchase was then, the purchasing company was then the ones that were liable for this breach. If they'd done a proper digital due diligence, then it could be avoided and indemnity could have been with the previous company or dealt with before they did. So the big thing now is also possibly doing IT due diligence, bringing in IT experts, not just focusing on the business merger and the basic accounts. Then after all this has been done and you're happy, announce it to the public. Obviously many times during such mergers, a non-disclosure agreement would be done, so you should not disclose any dealings or conversations, and even if you walk away, that would still be valid going forward.
So make sure you know why you're doing this. Is your business ready to do this? The due diligence in a merger. So this is where it's important. I'm gonna go through a list of what you should follow when you're looking at doing this merger and make sure rigorous, rigorous examination is taken. So make sure you look at the customer accounts, make sure you see the customer details, and if that's what you're trying to buy is the database, then make sure that meets your details that you want. Make sure you check the sales figures. Technology, as I've just said, the IT is a big important thing. Understand what you're buying from the business. Are you actually buying the business or do you want the branding? If you want the branding, make sure it's registered in the intellectual property register with trademarks, copyrights, patents you wanna take on. Make sure all of this is done correctly before you take it on if you're just buying a brand and they haven't got their brand protected then do you need it protected before you buy it or do you have it as a condition of your purchase if it can't be branded then what's the value in the business strategic fit how will the two companies blend will the computer systems connect together will they complement each other or will there be a massive opposite attractions such as a magnet pushing away whereas it comes together there have been many cases where companies have come together and the systems have just not worked i think lloyd's and tsb back in the early 2000s when they merged there was a big computer glitch and big error trying to merge them together because plans were followed and the computer system didn't merge as they planned it to happen so systems went down things happened Again, when TSB came apart from Lloyd's, they tried to disconnect their computer systems and that also created days of people not being able to use their cards, not being able to use their bank accounts and not being able to get paid or pay their bills and mortgages. Compensation had to be paid. They had to redo credit ratings of customers and put notices on them. So just think about all this. Even though you might be a small business now, when you get bigger, will your computer system be able to work together or will you have to think of a new system for all the companies? And smaller companies are more vulnerable to all this because if something goes wrong, it could take you out of business for months to fix it or affect your customer base and what you're buying, these customers may go elsewhere. Material contracts and commitments, make sure that you are legally obliged to take them on if you want to, or if you can get out of certain contracts, then get out of them. For instance, I was looking at a business once that had a phone contract that was seven years long and one of the conditions was taking it on on the condition that the phone contract could be cancelled. Um, we thought it could be because the identity of the company was going from a sole trader to a limited company. However, the phone company disagreed. So, and change of ownership condition was not there. So just check on these things, because if you've already got a phone contract in place, you don't want two. This is the thing you need to be careful of. Don't have multiples. If you've got a software, and system, software system in place, maybe with even the same supplier of the takeover, can you merge these together or do you have to keep the same separate contracts until the end of the contract? So just think about all of this as you're going forward. You don't want to have extra costs for the sake of it. And if you're wanting to merge these two companies together, yes, there's going to be a transition period of three, six months, couple of years maybe, where you're going to have to pay these extra costs. So make sure that the company you're taking over and the company you have have the financial means to be able to pay their separate costs and just know that you're losing this money for the sake of losing it until you can merge them together because you're going to have the two separate entities. If that's your plan to keep them separate, then great, that's fine. But if you want to merge them together at a later date, just realise me and my business partners in previous transactions have looked at it and seen that 
you could be out 60 to 70, 80,000 pounds for the sake of contracts that you can't get out of or having to keep separate entities because you can't merge them until a certain point. So make sure you realize this and take that into account. Obviously, the company you're buying can probably absorb these costs as you might not be even buying it if it wasn't making the profit. And you're going to make more money once you can merge these together, but it's an opportunity cost lost. Legal proceedings, make sure there aren't any pending or in progress. Employee and HR issues, don't just tackle these yourself. If you've got a HR expert in place, great, then use them. If you haven't, bring an agent in. A HR agent will be brilliant to just come in here to help you with um, employee issues, drafting contracts, consultancy agreements, and deal with any employment commitments, any notices that need to be served, any redundancy notices. Maybe you need to serve them with a notice to say this will be a 12-month trial and you may need to lose your job at the end of this following the 2P rules. So I have HR agencies we can put you in touch with that are absolutely excellent, can do all this for you, and the monthly cost is minimal and the monthly saving benefit is great. If you mess up one contract, you could be sued for hundreds of thousands of pounds and could create a whole issue with the business, claiming on your insurance, or even make the business you're buying go under. So just spend that few thousand pounds getting it right at the beginning. Even if you're going to struggle with the money, the long-term cost is a long-term benefit. Any property owned by the company, make sure all the due diligence is taken. Regulatory issues, environmental policies, make sure whatever business you're going into, it meets everything. If it's the same industry as you and you're at the top of your game, you should know what all this is done. So don't turn a blind eye to any breaches. Make sure you get indemnities from the owners. Make sure any issues you're worried about or risks are indemnified against an insurance policy or indemnified and ring fence so you don't take it on. The effect of mergers on shareholders, consider that. Keep open channels of communication. Establish milestones as you go forward. Pay attention to the detail. Post-merger integration. Keep the staff informed. Have a consultation system in place if there's any issues. And they can ask questions, provide feedback as things go forward. And you may have to provide one by law. That's where HR consultancy can come in. Identify cultural differences and part of the due diligence. Look for the problems and deal with them before you take the company on and don't rush into taking the company on if you see any problems. Get those ring fenced and dealt with. Don't get those risks put into the company that you have that you've built and don't put your company at risk or yourself at risk because of a company you're trying to merge with. Try and recognize all the problems and go really deep into detail. If the sellers don't like it, that should be alarm bells. If something comes up and they're saying, we don't agree, we don't think that's right, get a third party to look at it and get them to get a third party to look at it. And if you both come back with the same conclusion and they still say there's a problem, run and walk away from the deal. That's the biggest important thing I can say. Walk away if there's a problem. Do not just stay there. Walk away. Don't be so enthused that you have to go ahead with it and take on all that risk. Recognise the natural leaders and use them and don't move too fast. I am the worst for this. My business partner on a day-to-day basis says you're chomping at the bit to get this moving. You want to push. And yes, I want to move things forward. I am the worst for this. I am really patient at times, but I get to a certain point when we get past the patient patienceness and I want to move forward and get this done and that's why I have a great business partner to hold me back and be prepared for what happens afterwards protect your business if things go wrong so you can only do a certain amount of due diligence so I'm going to just talk about a law firm so when you take on a law firm 
you're going to be taking on the risk of that previous law firm. Now, normal contract rules say six years and you can't be sued after that time. Law firms are a bit different because it's when that error has been found. So when that error is found, then they could sue you. I've had claims that I know about in other law firms going back to 2003 and we're in 2020 now. 2021, they've had claims going back to 2010, you know. So things happen. And this can happen in a law firm. You then take the risk. You've indemnified. It's on your insurance policy that you've either taken over from the previous firm or it's on your policy from your insurance as you've taken it on as a successor firm. So in certain cases, and sometimes that's where I've been thinking, you keep the firm separate. Yes, it costs you twice as much on insurance. It costs you maybe twice as much on staff costs or HR costs. But it ring fences all your firms. So if one firm goes under, it ring fences it. Yes, you would probably have to declare it to your current insurer and declare that there was a claim that took the company out. But you ring fence them as an insurer. And if you're not using the same insurance company, then there's a protection there. I'm not saying you do it that way, depending on the industry. But there should be a critical transition and integration period. Do not make it all a success and do not stake everything on it together. Ensure that both you and the other companies have contingency plans and contracts between you should the clauses deal with failure and define on what happens in those circumstances. And also, each, solicitor should have the, each company should have their own solicitor so they can agree terms of the clauses and each company should hold their own costs. The best way to minimise the chances of such failure is to benefit successful mergers, take necessary legal and accountancy advice at every stage. A combination of business vision and technical insight can make your new company greater than the sum of its part. So also think about all the integration. What I always suggest is you have a roundtable of your accountants, your solicitors, your advisors, your technical advisors, your employees that you want that are an integral part of this merger to take place because they may need to swap with other people in this other company and maybe even spend time in the other company. Me and my business partner have spent time in companies that we're going to merge with to understand if they're the right fit for us. We spend a month or two before we take it over to understand the processes and understand what's going on and that is part of the due diligence process and you might even find something during that process where you find something's wrong and you want to walk away and it also lets you understand the staff and who's worth keeping and who isn't. So there's a lot there to think about. And when you get to your point that you're happy, have a roundtable with the other side's experts and bring them together. And then you can all be happy to come to a conclusive document. You can come to a conclusive document together, walk away, double check it, and then you've got your final documents, processes in place to move forward. So just do not rush. Walk away if you need to. Do not be so committed that you cannot walk away. So I hope that's been really useful. And I look forward to hearing from you. If you need any help with mergers, acquisitions, due diligence, please feel free to give myself a call on 01548 434 009 or joshua at alliancelegal.uk. Thank you again for listening to The Legal Breakdown. I hope it's been really informative and useful and I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy listening to previous and future podcasts. Thank you.